Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, in Christ you have revealed your glory among the nations. Preserve the works of your mercy, that your church throughout the world may persevere with steadfast faith in the confession of your name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. for training and righteousness. 
so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, in the, in the view of his appearing in his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message, be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable, convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience in teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up the sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. As for you, always be sober, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, carry out your ministry full. The word of the Lord.
In the name of the God who loves us with persistence. Amen. Amen. Oh, there is good news to be had today. The good news is that the heroes of today's story, the voyage in Jacob who wrestles with God, and the persistent widow who demands justice, these heroes are today's role models for us. And these heroes are decidedly not nice. They are not polite, and they're not that socially likable. But by God, they are here today to show us the way. We are so very polite, aren't we? I mean, we might nitpick a bit about the minor details of life and argue with our closest friends and family. We might get a touch of road rage or internet rudeness. But for the most part, when it comes to the most important things in life, we 21st century New England Episcopalians are just a bit averse to making waves. We do not want to offend or openly judge or pressure our doors are wide open, but we withhold our deepest passions and beliefs in fear of seeming too, I don't know, evangelical, devoted, unscientific, closed-minded, name your paranoia. My hunch is that it keeps you and me from being Jacob and the widow. Jacob was a complicated guy. He had a habit of being indirect, dishonest, and sneaky with the people closest to him. Which is perhaps why today's story is such a poignant turning point for him, and frankly, for the people of God. Jacob is traveling to a new land with his family, and he sends them on ahead across a river without him for the night. And he stays behind, alone. On the riverbank, a mysterious man appears, and the two wrestle. Jacob fights hard, and the mysterious one is unable to prevail. So he hits Jacob hard on the head. And Jacob persists, demanding that his opponent bless him. There was nothing nice or polite going on, just desperate and real. And so, Jacob wore God down. He was given a blessing and a new name, Israel, which means God wrestler. And he walked away with me and forever changed. He walked away knowing that he had seen God face to face. Some say Jacob was more honest, more real after that day, not unscathed, but absolutely by persistence and struggle. And even more significantly in that struggle, Israel was born. Amazing things happen when persistence is chosen over politeness. The widow too persisted. She badgered her local judge continually for justice until he relented. There were no niceties there. I like the translations that stick with the actual Greek verb for what he was afraid of, that the unjust judge relented to the widow's persistent demands for justice because he was afraid she would give him a black eye. Even the translators of the book that we use, this translation, the New Revised Common, New Revised Standard Version, even they have succumbed to the domesticating of our faith by making this widow softer than she was in Jesus' parable, and translating the judge's fear into, I better give in before she wears me out. Two-year-olds wear us out. This woman was fierce. That's what the translation is. Jesus asked, asked the disciples, if God will find fierce, persistent faith on earth, or will we be found with domesticated hearts, polite, paralyzed, and watered-down conditions? 
diving into that question, I thought back to our clergy conference this year. One of the people who has helped preside in Bishop Michael Curry with his way of love offering is a woman named Jerusalem Greer. Great name, right? Jerusalem was the guest speaker at this year's clergy conference, and she compared modern progressive Christianity to inviting someone over to your house for tea, and then while they sit at your kitchen table, you take an apple pie out of the oven, and you put it on the table and cut a piece for yourself. You don't offer it to your guests, because what if they're gluten intolerant? Or don't like apples? And as you enjoy your pie, you think about how much you like your guests to have the same wonderful experience, but you don't want to pressure them or put them off. You want to respect their choice to just sit there on the other end of the table, not eating pie. You forget that you can say to them how wonderful it is. How much you love it. And you can offer them peace and be just fine with their response. You forget to offer this delicious apple pie because you have been weakened by politeness. We have been weakened by politeness. In his letter from the Birmingham jail, Martin Luther King Jr. bemoaned the politeness of the white population and the unfortunate norm of being more devoted to order than to justice. I would say this is still true. It's not just about race, though it is about race. We are polite about other things, too. We are polite about the protection of creation, doing our part here and there, but not asking ourselves and society to do away with the large and small destructive habits and products that need to be done away with. We are polite about economic injustice, knowing that for a true revolution, an actual shift from partialism to the ways that Jesus and the early Christians taught us, most of us in this room would have to give up a lot. So why make waves? We are polite about the violence and injustice being done in the name of our country around this world. Perhaps we are sad, and perhaps we are angry, and perhaps we even repost really compelling articles online. But are we persistently fighting back to the best of our ability? I'm not. We are polite in the claiming or the not claiming of our Christian identity out there, beyond these walls, because what if someone thinks we're a different kind of Christian? a less loving kind, or a more judgmental kind. So we sideline it, missing out on the opportunity to reclaim Jesus' name as a force of love in this world, lived out through us. We are polite in our prayer life, standing on the surface of these written prayers, or measuring out the words of our on-the-spot prayers, making sure we don't ask too much, too often, or too selfishly, or too hopefully. As if there's an economy or a limit to God's ability to hear us and be with us. Jesus said, if even the unjust judge relented to the persistent widow, how much more will a loving God pour out love on you? Your prayers, pray day and night, will not be ignored. We know that the answering of that prayer is harder to interpret, and we know that every time we stand in the presence of suffering where there is persistent prayer. But our persistence calls God in and demands God's blessing. Jacob wrestled with God, and Jacob held on to that blessing. And Jesus asks, if that kind of persistence can be found on earth, are we willing to wrestle with God? Are we willing to confess, when we say our confession in just a few minutes, that in ways known and unknown we have let the sin of niceness and the toxicity of politeness 
rule an unjust day? Are we willing to ask God to help us live and serve in newness of life? And can we enter that newness of life fiercely, passionately, and fully? I hope so. Because the grief of this world needs us to let go and wail. The injustice of this world needs us to threaten the unjust judges with black eyes. The journey that we are asked to embark upon will ask us to wrestle with God. The Jesus in this world is asking us to love him out in the open. God is asking for our passion. And by God, I pray that our passion is stronger than our politeness every living day until the kingdom of God reigns down. Rosio family, Alice, Jane, and 
Yvonne, Jean, Colby, John, Matthew, Arvely, Will, Barbara, Jack, Edie, Kirsty, Edith. Are there others? Harris, Lord. We thank you, God, for all the blessings of this life. We will exalt you, O God, our King. And praise your name forever. We pray for all who have died that they may have a place in your eternal kingdom. Lord, let your loving kindness be upon them. We pray to you also for the forgiveness of our sins. Have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, the things done and left undone. And so uphold us by your Spirit, that we may live and serve you in newness of life, to the honor and glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins, for our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. My friends, the peace of the Lord be always with you.
As we enter stewardship season, this is where we, this is an opportunity for us to give our time and treasure and talent to making our biggest fundraiser of the year happen. Part of it is also pie making. Patricia, can you raise your hand? You want to help make pies? This is Patricia. I didn't mean for pies to be such a big part of Sunday, but thank you, Robert, for pointing that out. Um, so it's time for a rally around the November 9th fair as well. Thank you for that. Today, if you want to do something good, um, we're meeting here at 1.30 to walk over to First Parish for the 2 o'clock step off of the Concord Chalk Walk. You don't have to have signed up. Just meet us here in your sneakers um, at 1.30. And people of all ages, it's not just youth group, people of all ages are welcome to walk with us. Um, and also, Brett Dunham is here, and he gave a wonderful talk at 9 o'clock on church architecture. Thank you, Brett. And his wife, Priscilla, is here as well. Thank you both for being with us. One more thing. Last week, because it was a holiday weekend, our forum was our wonderful stewardship chair, Walter Burge, sharing with us the vision and the excitement for this year's campaign. Because many of you were away, because it's a holiday weekend, we're going to do it again at 11.30. So when you come into the parish hall, grab your coffee and your treats, and take a seat, and we will hear from Walter, and answer your questions, and build some excitement about this year's stewardship campaign. Thank you. If you're visiting with us, we're especially glad you're here. Trinity folks, please extend a warm hand and welcome to all those seated around you. And join us at Coffee Hour. Here in this house, at this table, at this place, this is God's table. There are no outcasts, no strangers, no unwanted guests. All are welcome to come and feast at the table of our Lord Jesus Christ, so please be coming to bed. Let us walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself as an offering and sacrifice to God.
creator of heaven and earth. For by water and the Holy Spirit you have made us a new people in Jesus Christ our Lord, to show forth your glory in all the world. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, to forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name.
feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, in the honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. In the name of God and of this congregation, I send you forth bearing these holy gifts, that those to whom you go may share with us in the communion of Christ's body and blood. We who are many are one body. Because we all share one bread, one cup. The peace of God which passes all understanding, in your hearts and your minds and your 